podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 26 of Talk Smart with Pew and McCart. I'm Andrew McCart, that's Joe Pew. Joe, um, I'm out in Saudi Arabia last night, so there's a lot of, uh, got here last night. Um, there's a lot to talk about, obviously a huge, huge fight card to end the year. Uh, but you were out in Sunderland uh, this past weekend with Josh Kelly with his fantastic knockout win to end the year for him. But then, obviously, Sonny Edwards went out to Phoenix, Arizona. But we'll start on Sonny, I think. Went out to Phoenix, Arizona and took on probably a pound for pound right now in uh, Bam Jesse Bam Rodriguez. Uh, yeah, let's just break down Sonny Edwards and Bam Rodriguez. What did you think of the fight itself, Joe? Yeah, if he weren't a pound for pound star before that fight, I think it's fair to say that Jesse Bam Rodriguez is one now. Um, going into the fight, we both discussed it. It's such a 50-50 and I, th- I think because of what happened with Sonny Edwards' eye, he was unable to perform the way only Sonny Edwards does. It made him fight the Bam Rodriguez fight. Mm-hmm. And from then on, it was an uphill struggle. But don't get me wrong, that uphill struggle was led by a vicious attack and just poor coming pressure by Jesse Rodriguez. And he's just... Phenomenal fighter, mm, definitely. And to be fair to Sonny, man, we've seen a now. Now we've seen it. I talk about this all the time, Joe. A fighter needs to go through adversity to see the type mm. of character he has. And Sonny Edwards went through that adversity, adversity in the second round. And what was it? Got to the what the eighth round, I think it was. And you know what? He fought a fire with fire. He fought the the Bam Rodriguez fight, and that's something we've not seen Sonny Edwards do. We've seen Sonny Edwards dance around you, make you look silly for twelve rounds. The fact that we saw Sonny Edwards go in there and fight fire with fire showed that Sonny's not only a, a fantastic fighter on off the back foot and he can dance around you and make you look silly for 10 rounds, but if he really needs to, he can dig deep and uh, he can go to town. And that's that's what we saw with Sonny Edwards. And I think his stock's risen from this loss because he asked for this fight. He wanted this fight. He's not scared to take these fights. Um, and I think that's, 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 that's what more fighters need to be like Sonny Edwards. Call for the fights, get the fights. You lose, who cares? At least you asked for them. You went in there, you stepped in with a pound for pound great right now. I think in Jesse Bam Rodriguez, you might have lost, but as you can tell by the comments, a lot of people might have wanted to see Sonny's downfall for the way he reacts on Twitter and whatnot. But um, I think when you've seen the reaction from Sonny, he he took the loss like a champ. He took it on the chin, and a lot of people were saying good things about him because of the way he fought. He 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 fought. He dug deep and fought with his heart. And that's what all you can ask from a fighter that's that's obviously got damage to his eye in the second round. He's cut, he's losing the fight and whatnot, but at least at least he dug down deep. And that's what I like to see. And uh, fair play to Sonny Edwards in that one. Yeah, I think hats goes off to Sonny Edwards because the way he is, he is a bit Marmite. Um, don't mm. get wrong, I absolutely love him, but after he did take his first defeat, he could have kind of carry on talking shit, and but he didn't. He was humbling victory, humbling defeat. He'll be back. Great, great little clip um, from Colm's interview with Eddie when he walked in and thanked him for the opportunity and thanked him for making such a big fight. But that fight wouldn't have been as big without Sonny, without the his performances without his antics online without his profile building for the past five years mm-hmm. and he was a big part in that fight and he's a big part in building it so just well done to both men for putting on such a big fight and such a kind of near on crossover fight 
at those small weights because that's once in a generation thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I like Sonny's tagline, Joe. Real, real fights only. Mm. That, that's listen. That's what boxing needs because boxing's sort of maybe have lost its way a little bit. We're not seeing the fights. There's too many politics involved. There's too many middlemen. There's too many people wanting a piece of the pie, and I think that's what's stopping these big fights being made. Do you know what I mean? And I think that when you look at this year so far, and if you go from Sonny Edwards and Bam Rodriguez, it might not be the mega fight, but at least you're getting the number one, number two in the division fighting each other, right? That's what we want. We've already had Tank Davis, Ryan Garcia. We've already had, uh, obviously, Spence and Crawford, okay? We're that close to getting Wilder and Joshua. We're going to see what happens this Saturday night, and we're going to talk about it. And we've got... Usyk versus Tyson Fury as well in February. So we're getting the fights. We're getting there. I just think that boxing needs more and more of this, right? It's okay getting to 20. I know if you fought 20 nobodies, that's what they, you know what I mean? That's, that's fine. But we need to see you stepping up now. We need to see these young fighters fighting. A loss doesn't mean nothing. You look at the greats. Sugar Ray Leonard, Sugar Ray Robinson. Do you know what I mean? Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, Sonny Liston. They all lost. They all lost, but they gave us the great fights. That's when boxing was at this pinnacle when nobody was scared to fight the top guys. And I think that's what boxing needs to get to. And we're climbing that ladder. We're not at the top of the ladder yet. Might be on the first couple of rungs on the ladder to get there, but we're, we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, and you talk about losses not defining you. I think um, I'm hoping, I'm praying that it doesn't define Pete McGraw who suffered mm -hmm. a devastating KO on that undercard. It was from nowhere. It was That's boxing one job. of those freak blink-and-you-miss-it shots where you're fighting a punch perfect, it's a counter from the ropes, and wow, that, talk about knockout of the year, that could be one. But I'm sure Pete McGraw, with his talent, um, hopefully he's got everything with a mental, and he's got a few people behind him, but it's all good. It's mm -hmm. all good. It's the antics of Saudi Arabia. Um, yeah, Pete McGraw will be back next year. Mm, definitely, um, but you were in Sunderland. Now talking about good yes. knockouts and solid knockouts and getting a good good knockout to end the year. Josh Kelly, um, Josh Kelly's one of them ones now where he wants the big fights, right? You want to see him in with the Connor Bens and or the Chris Eubank Juniors and, and and all these guys. But it's like, how does he get there? It's, I mean, maybe this knockout has put him up there, but is he in that club where? these guys that he wants to face, do they want to face Josh Kelly? Because he's got that style which is going to make you either look stupid, do you know what I mean? And he's shown now that if he wants to, if he wants to turn that screw a little bit, he can hurt you as well. So where, where does Josh Kelly go in 2024? Where would you like to see him, Joe? You were there on, on Saturday night there in Sunderland. Uh, you spoke to him. You spoke to Carlos Island. What's, what's the vibe? What you, what's the vibe you're getting from them? Well, I think he's... Number one with the WBO, which is Tim mm. Zhu. I think he's number four with the IBF. So if you want to go down a world title route, you're going that way. But Callis Allen said he just wants the big domestic fights. And I kind of said to Adam Booth and Josh Kelly, look, you, it's easier to make an in-house fight than it isn't. So you've got to be putting the pressure on Chris Eubank Jr. Callis mm -hmm. um, Allen wants to make it. Uh, Josh Kelly definitely wants to make it. And um, we'll just see if Chris Eubank Jr. wants to make it because he's been a little bit frustrated. I know um, wants the, that Yanabek fight, but he might be going down the IBO route and the whole collapsing with the Conor Ben fight. So if those fights can't be made and they need a fight for Chris Eubank Jr. in the early parts of 2024, keep it in-house and have a massive fight there with Josh Kelly because Josh Kelly was punched perfect on mm -hmm. Saturday night with the cherry on top of the cake with that beautiful knockout. Um, 
Kalasaulan seems to thought he uh, knocked him off his feet. He was calling him Air Kelly after. <laughs> but, uh, Gordon Kelly. I don't know whether that was just the promoters talking. I thought that was brilliant. But yeah, Josh Kelly really cemented himself in that one five four one sixty discussion. Florian Marku was ringside. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, to be honest, I think Florian looked at that and thought, "Wow, like I, I, that's a really, really hard fight." Not saying he wouldn't take it at all, but it weren't. Florian's usual self where he was loud and in his face. I think he just had to sit back and congratulate Josh on a really good performance. Definitely. And I like the Tim Zhu fight. I think if he's number one with the WO, they might call him mandatory. I don't know what the situation is with Tim Zhu right now when the mandatory. I don't know if he's if he's got that letter through yet or mm. whatnot. But I think the Tim Zhu fight, because Tim Zhu is an exciting, exciting fighter. I really, really like Tim Zhu. And Australian boxing, when you just look at Paro against Montana Love... I mean, you've got Ebony Bridges, obviously. You've got the Maloney brothers. Um, you've got some Spark as well. You've got some great fighters now. Joseph Park is here in, in Saudi. How can Pataya. I forget that? Pataya, Pataya as well, who's, uh, you know, I'm a massive fan of. I can't wait to interview him later on today, fingers crossed. Um, but, like, Australian boxing is booming right now. I mean, you, you've got Tim Zhu, and if he gets to come over to the UK, right, obviously we know the American market. That's what all these fighters want to go to. They want to go to America and make a name for themselves out there or have a fight in New York or Vegas or get that American, that big American fight. But, you know, I mean, the British market is not that bad. Do you know what I mean? I think the, the best boxing fans in the world are the British. Us, do you know what I mean? I think a, a nice little arena fight here in the UK in London somewhere against Josh Kelly, Tim Zhu, to really push his name out there a little bit more to the boxing fans, the wider boxing fans. I, I think that's a no-brainer. I think Carlos Allen should maybe should be pushing for that fight, for jo- Josh Kelly to get that world title. Um, the way Josh Kelly's fighting right now, the way he's boxing right now, I think that it's going to be a tough fight for him to beat Tim Zhu, but I don't think it's a fight where he can't beat Tim Zhu. I think he can if he if he stays focused, he stays switched on. I think the Troy Williamson win was fantastic. I think it was just a clinic. Um, and that fight at the weekend there, he's shown that he can hurt you if he really, really wanted to. So it's I think the Tim Zhu fight, to me, makes a little bit more sense. I don't think there's a hunger for the Chris Eubank Jr. fight against Josh Kelly. Um, I, do you know what I mean? I think the Tim Zhu fight makes a little bit more sense for me, but that's just me what, maybe wanting Josh to push on for a world title and showcase what people were talking about when he came out the amateur scene and this guy's the next thing, he's the Matrix and whatnot, and this, that, and the next thing. Obviously, the Abenetian loss maybe put him back a little bit, but now he's finding his feet again up at 154. So I'm going to sway towards Tim Zhu. I would like him to, to fight Tim Zhu. I think the world title for Josh Kelly, yeah, I think that, I think, and we all know Chris Eubank Jr. is going to be the money fight. He's going to earn probably a lot more, but I don't think there's a hunger or an appetite for it. And I think the Tim Zhu fight makes a little bit more sense to me. I think both of them will um will sell relatively well because let, let's be one hundred percent honest now he isn't at the commercial level of at Chris Eubank Jr. yet. Um, Josh Kelly, incredible fighter, but just one thing that struck me before we move on to um their rating was how relaxed Josh was this week. Mm. I was backstage when he was doing his ring walk. He was just talking, enjoying it, soaking it all up. This homecoming, and what a change from that Avenesian fight. Just. So so exciting, and after Saturday nights, just uh, seeing him once again, just a reminder of what Josh Kelly's all about. Speaking about him, I cannot wait for a big twenty twenty four for him. Yeah, me too. Well, let's just go straight to it then. I'm in Saudi Arabia right now, Joe. I'm waiting patiently. I've got young Charlotte over there waiting patiently with me. She's in the room with me. Coogan's gone somewhere. Maybe I don't know. He's gone for a little wander somewhere. We've got the other boys in the next room there. The boxing social boys and whatnot. But listen. 
I've, I've been asked, I got asked this question the other day then, and it threw me a little bit. So I'm going to ask you the question. Who's got the tougher fight? Joshua or Wilder? Joshua. I said that as well, to be fair. I, I, I think that maybe because Joshua's maybe got... I don't know. No, he's got nothing to prove, but there's still this talk about his mindset and has he got this. And I think, listen, Joshua's Joshua. And the way he was at the press conference, I think there's nothing wrong with his mindset right now. I think after the, the hilarious win, I think uh, he's got the bit between his teeth. He's got that Ben looks like he's got punching because he's just, again, I'm not seeing what's going on in that camp, but just the little bits off the punch cushion, uh, the little clips we're seeing, you're seeing that he's, he's sitting on the shots a little bit more. Um, but that being said, Otto Wallens had a great win against Gassiev, what, nine, ten weeks ago? Mm. Out in Russia, went to the Lions Den. So the, fighting Joshua ain't going to phase um, Otto Wallen. Uh, he gave Tyson Fury a tough fight. Uh, cut Tyson Fury bad, nasty little cut with a with a I think it was a back backhand shot or a looping looping backhand. Uh, so he gave Tyson Fury a run for his money, went the distance with Tyson Fury. So Otto Wallen knows how to dig deep, knows how to dig deep and get a win. And I'd done a Zoom interview with Wallen what three four weeks ago, and he's confident, he's confident. But on the flip side of that, Joe Parker, Wilder's had one one round less than a round in two years. Parker's had three fights this year alone. So there's there's that. There's that variable there. Do you know what I mean? And it's again, I, I do think all one's the toughest fight for, for uh, Josh has got the toughest fight, but um, it's 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 not wide. You're talking that much. Yeah, a little gap between my fingers there. That's that's the difference I'm talking about there. Yeah, it's that certainly a balancing act between the two of them. When you look at what Otto Wiling brings, tall, rangy, southpaw, Anthony Joshua's only fought two southpaws, I believe, in Charles Martin and Alexander Rusik. Didn't go long for Charles Martin and clearly struggled against Alexander Rusik. But some say, and I completely agree, that he had a better second fight. And maybe if he had a third fight, he would have even improved more. So I'm really looking forward to seeing Anthony Joshua fighting another sad boy. It's going to be really interesting. But then you go to the other side. You mentioned it yourself. A big, big spell of inactivity for Deontay Wilder. Um, just the, the hellenius fight in the past two years. And Joseph Parker's been there, seen it, and done it. He's been a world champion. He's fought the best at all all levels. Mm -hmm. But when you look at Joseph Parker and Joseph Parker's last big fight, he was there to be hit by Joe Joyce. Mm -hmm. But we do know if you hit too much by Wilder and if you hit flush, it could be good night. Definitely. And I think uh, with Wilder as well, you, you might think that you're out of range. But he seems to close mm. that distance with that. He flicks that jab out and he just lunges in with that right hand. So, again, this is a a twelve round fight, but Parker needs to stay switched on for twelve rounds, and it's hard to stay focused and switched on for twelve rounds when you've got somebody with that power that can generate that power. So, it's again, it's an interesting fight, and I'm looking forward to it. Does that activity play a factor for Deontay Wilder? He said to me in my interview with him in the Zoom call a couple of weeks ago that not with the training I'm doing. I'm getting some, I'm getting okay. great sparring. I'm training hard, and he said to me, asked basically asked me the question, "Who's the three guys did Parker fight this year?" And I went, obviously, you got Sean Keane, you've got uh, Jack Massey, and the guy I think he fought out in Australia. I think it was. I can't remember his name. Do forgive me. But he said, I, I, "Are they going to benefit him? Does that elevate his career? Does that elevate elevate him as a fighter? Is that going to do anything for him other than he's 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 fit?" Do you know what I mean? So he's he's saying that 
this doesn't this doesn't matter. This does not matter. This long two years, two years out the ring, what you want to call it, less than around in the two year, and the fact that Parker's had three fights in a year. He said that does not matter. What matters right now is when me and him step in the ring. So Dante Wilde doesn't think it's is, is a problem. Um Parker doesn't seem like it's a Parker, uh, it's a Parker, it's a problem going on what he's saying in interviews. And it's just it's just going to be an absolutely fantastic night on Saturday, Joe. And I just cannot wait. But you've got look at look at the undercard as well. Bevel, Lyndon Arthur, Dubois. Uh, Jarrell Miller, big baby Miller, Jaya Pattaya against Zorro. Do you know what I mean? You've got the big monster himself and Mark Madov against Caballal. Um, Frank Sanchez, uh, Philip Hergovic. It's just an absolute heavy, heavyweight card. It's heavyweight heavy. And I, I like that. And it's so hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, we're going to see some nasty knockouts. And that's why, that's why we tune in, right? Yeah, when the lightest man on the whole card is probably going to come in at 175, which is Dimitri Bivol, you know. It's a, it's a heavy-handed card, and uh, <laughs> it's going to be starting early. It's going to be an absolute slog, but I can't wait for it. And I, I just think Dubois Miller, I think it, it has so many subplots, and mm. so much narrative to this already plot-driven show, and I absolutely can't wait for it. And, yeah, I, I can't call it. Nah, me neither. And I think Jerome Miller might be the the talk of this week with his antics. I think that the way he he comes into a fight week and the way he approaches weigh-ins and press conferences and then he doesn't care. He would unload a clip on everybody in the press conference, man. He doesn't care. Dimitri Bell was the lightest man on the card. He'll probably go after Dimitri Bell. He'll probably say some shit about him as well. He doesn't care. And again, that that's why we tune in and some of us like it, some of us don't. But I like it. I like that. I like it. It, 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 it makes the, a big fight feel big when you've got all these characters and there's backs and back and forth between fighters and it's going to be an interesting week and I'm looking forward to it. And it kickstarts in about five minutes, Joe. So I'm really looking forward to it. Five minutes, just enough time. Get some coffee, set up your camera and get going, mate. Coffee. Have a good time. See that? Look. Saudi Arabian coffee. Lovely. I've already had two coffees today already, Joe, so I'm, I'm ready to rock. Ready to I, I kick some a bit more... Uh... Thought you was a bit more lively than your usual self, mate. So uh, there you go. Needed the coffee. I've been I've been to the gym as well, Joe. I've been I've been to the gym as well. Don't worry about that. See, always got to get my my gym in. So, I wish I could say the same, mate, but I'd be lying. You know, listen, I've got to motivate you, young man. Next, <laughs> if, we do, if we do a fight week together, you'll be like Calm's done a, a circuit with me, and Calm lasted eighteen minutes, I think, on a circuit with me in the gym in Dublin. So if we're ever on a fight week, Joe, be prepared. Bring your running trainers. Bring your gym kit. We're going to do a quick on the minute every minute. If you don't know what that is, be surprised when I meet you at a fight week because you'll be doing it and see how long you last. If you can last longer than uh, Colm McGuigan, then fair play to you. If you can't, then you're not the top dog in IFL. Still me. Well, I'm pretty confident I'll beat Colm, but not you. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> listen, this could be a little in-house competition. That's what we're going to do. But listen, I've got to get my, my, my button gear. I've got to get this uh, ready to rock and roll, Joe. But listen... Uh, I'll see you, won't see Sunday because I'll be travelling. I might see you Sunday morning. Maybe. Nah, I won't, I won't. So we'll probably have to do this Boxing Day. We'll do it on Boxing Day if you've got time. If you're not with the family or whatnot, we'll do another one. We'll have a recap of this because obviously Christmas is coming in, getting in the way. But yeah, until then, enjoy the coverage. Make sure you tune into IFL all week for all the videos, interviews from all, everybody here uh, in Saudi Arabia. And Joe, listen, if I don't speak to you before Christmas... You already know, mate. Enjoy and have a good one with your family. Have a good Christmas, mate. I'll see you soon. Definitely, brother. Cheers, Joe.
Sports Social Podcast Network.